Greetings from Freephone at the Green Dragon. We've got a very special event going on today in the podcast, and we're welcoming uh, our very first uh, special guest. But in the, in the meantime, I want to say hello to Taiwan. Hello, Jonas. Hey, Sam. Uh, How are nice you? to see you. I'm doing nice. very well. It's Good. Friday you, night for me. What are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a Saint Bernardou Triple. It's one of the... Uh, the uh, Trappist beers from, well, it says Abbey Ale, but I'm pretty sure it's a Trappist beer from Belgium. I'm pretty oh, sure cool. Bernardou is Trappist. So um, just, just to hmm. put a little note on the pronunciation this morning, are you emphasizing the, the heavy French because we happen to have a special guest who, oh, speaking of our special guest, Jonas, introduce who we have with us today. It is my pleasure and our pleasure to introduce Dorian Tully, Dorian Tully from Metz, France. And he is the publisher and um, creator of kissmybrew.com, which I am very proud and excited to write for. Welcome, Dorian. Thank you very much. Glad to be on the show. Nice to have you. This is Saint Bernardus. Saint Bernardus, thank you. Saint Bernardus. So I'm going to go right there, uh, Dorian, because, you know, my pronunciation gets slammed all the time by Jonas for good reasons. And it's good to have somebody else going to be here tutoring him in the proper uh, pronunciation of of words. Um, Hey, before we get rolling with all of our questions, which we got some good questions and for people out there listening, we're uh, got a different format today. We're, We're just interviewing. It's our first ever um, interview event. So we're going to just be doing some questions and some discussions. Uh, other parts of the world are drinking beer. Uh, here in West Virginia, dr- we're drinking coffee because it's early, 8 o'clock on a Friday. Uh, but before we get rolling with the interview, let's just uh, give a shout out to our sponsors real quick. Jonas, you want to lead us off? All on right. That? I'm going to move pretty quickly, but the one I mostly want to focus on is our number one main man, uh, kissmybrew.com. Um, I know this, I think, no? Kiss My Brew is directed by Dorian, and Kiss My go to Kiss My Brew for all things beer and equipment reviews with extensive homebrew content written by yours truly and others. Uh, shout out to Swamp Rabbit in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. Please call them, 864-610-2424. Get your shot, go drinking and ABT Applied Beverage Tanks. If you need professional equipment or advice, call ABT. They are old school and the real deal. Info at alliedbeveragetanks.com. Any and all brewing projects that might be out there listening to this, uh, you've got to give these guys a contact. They are the real deal. Hey, and also I want to give a shout out to Alamani Solutions or Illumine Solutions. I'm just playing with the French stuff today, guys. It's going to be really ugly, I'll tell you. You sounded um, horrible. I don't even <laughs> care. It's 8 o'clock on a Friday. And so uh, these guys are awesome, too. Um, they have a, a great product line. It's a fantastic source for craft beverage quality solutions. Um, they uh, have uh, a wonderful website. I, I recommend you check it out, even if you're just a home brewer or not just a home Even if you're a home brewer, uh, check them out because the, uh, the educational pages on there have some great information. It's www.alumane.solutions. Okay, so here we are uh, kicking off the first, this is the 12th episode leading into uh, 
many, 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 many more episodes. And for those thousands of listeners out there, if you Brilliant. can't tell, we are so excited to have Doran here. <laughs> it's not even funny. Like we're jumping up and down here. And um, uh, Jonas is pounding the St. Bernadette. Mm. Uh, and um, Bernadette. Uh, Bernadette. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I want to, I, I've got a question here. I'm going to throw you a kind of a surprise uh, fastball on this one, Doran. You're probably anticipating it. But since you are a main sponsor, um, I, and I'm not just saying this because you're our main sponsor, but the website is fantastic for homebrewers. Had I had resources like that when I was homebrewing, it would have been great. There, there's a lot of mistakes that people come uh, There were no internet at that time, no? Uh, yes, thank you for pointing that out. It was all stone tablet. We were, we were literally using pigeons for communicating. Our social networking was hey, basically the pub. We had pencils. We had pencils. Oh, come on. We did have, I forgot. Yeah, we, we, we got into Books? pencils. Maybe? No. We did. <laughs> no, they were printing at that time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they were printing presses. That's okay, right. okay. That's right. So, Dorian, please tell us about how you came up with this great project because it's wonderful. Yeah. Dude. <clears throat> So basically, this is more or less part of my daily job, if we can say. Um, but this one, of course, is a small project. So I've been in the internet industry, let's say the website industry, since uh, almost uh, almost 20 years now, I guess. Oh. And uh, I started working for someone. And then after that, I started my own project. One, two, three. And then now I have like uh, four or five websites that I manage in the same time. And this one was like, a, well, uh, starting out of a patient, a patient basically, of course. And uh, this is something I wanted to, to do, to try. And I started the website before even starting on brewing myself. So that's the funny <laughs> part. I thought I would just start it, that it would like push me to, to really, to really like brew. <laughs> yeah. It didn't at the beginning. It took me a bit more, it took me a bit more time. But I got to it, and now it's been like a, a year plus that I'm uh, I'm brewing almost uh, intensively now. Oh, that's mm -hmm. the important part, Dorian, and we, yeah. we're going to pick your brain apart about that process. Hey, is it just you behind the website, or you got a whole like team of uh, folks they, running no. around crazy? <laughs> or is it just well, this is me and uh, Jonas. If this is a big team for you, yeah, it works for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured. I figured it was Huge Jonas. I, you know, it's interesting. I've gotten to see a lot of the articles beforehand. Um, Jonas has been nice enough to, he, he asked me to kind of review them for him, but really he's just kind of uh, being nice enough to kind of keep me in the process. But the website's just, it's fantastic. Um, uh, kudos to you, my friend, for a job well done. And listeners, please, uh, if you have not, even if you're not a brewer, we have some folks here in West Virginia that, that aren't brewers that are becoming uh, avid fans of ours. Uh, for you guys that are listening out there, check out uh, the website. It, it's awesome. Yeah, I guess um, it's also for not only for brewers, but for beer lovers in general, like uh, talking about beers and making beers. This is more yeah. than the, the two topics, yeah. Absolutely. And even cooking, we have a recipe now on the website. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, you know, I, I, I really, I, I'm really into pairings. I, I like to, I put together a lot of, done a lot of projects with uh, meals for uh, fancy restaurants and fancy chefs, uh, pairing different beers with different courses. And so, yeah, the food component, that's fantastic. Um, okay, so we're going to jump off the bridge here a little bit and talk about the, you know, IPAs have become a central theme for our show, ironically. <laughs> um, listeners out there will realize that we've got this kind of uh, vein of continuity with IPAs. And I had a couple of questions because I hear that you love IPAs, Dorian. Is that true? Well, we can say, yeah, I like them. Uh, <laughs> More than Jonas does. <laughs> uh, 
What are you drinking? Isn't that morning? your favorite style, Dorian? Or it, am I mistaken? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can say Arguably. it's my favorite style. I have a lot of okay. favorite styles, but this is uh, maybe the main. Yeah. Okay, awesome. okay. That's great. Top two, what, top are three. Drinking, are you yeah. drinking an IPA as we speak? Uh, absolutely. Uh, triple oh, IPA, to be more triple precise. Triple IPA. Triple <laughs> IPA jealous. from Spain, from uh, Peninsula uh, Cervecera uh, in oh. Madrid. Uh, okay. I've never tried that one before, but pretty nice. A little bit juicy, uh, orangey color, almost like uh, one of the favorite uh, hazy IPA, juicy, all that, yeah. That was my question. So all the yeah. subcategories we have of IPAs these days, yeah, going from milkshakes to desserts to to beef jerky to side of beef IPAs. Mm -hmm. um, which one do you like the New England kind of hazy juicy ones or uh, what's your, what's your, what's your go-to? Um, it was before, before let's say it was more like the um, strong, like double, triple, really like IPA, not necessarily like English IPA, more like American style, uh, but not necessarily those new hazy New England uh, IPA, but those ones now, I like them too. Yeah, they are, they are different. They are a bit, yeah. uh, they're quite different actually. But I like uh, I like their style, and I've been trying to to brew them a, a few times. Not very successfully for now, but um, yeah, that's about that. <laughs> well, that's great. I uh, recently had a, an IPA that had been in the in the uh, bottle for about eleven days or can for about eleven days. It was a big juicy IPA, um, and the freshness was fantastic on it. So, and just just for our just to kind of remind us, Jonas, what type of IPAs do you like? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I like the I like the the ones made with ranch dressing. Those are my favorite. <laughs> Those are great. That is um, great. IPAs. No, I, you know, I, I like English IPAs, man. I like a balanced IPA with a bunch of golding hops forward. And a bunch of golding hops on the back end with some strong sweet malt. You know, that's what I like. I'm old school, much, man. As much shit as I give you about the IPAs, you know, that is that is definitely where I gravitate to is the traditional. Um, you know, funny uh, story about the IPA. If I can introduce, oh please, <laughs> introduce yeah. a little story. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I tried the first time I tried an IPA. It's probably going to be not that long for you, <laughs> but for me it was in 2014 when I was living in, uh, in New Zealand. So I just moved in New Zealand at that time. I lived in New Zealand for a year and I uh, went to the bar and uh, some, uh, some friend recommended me, yeah, you should try maybe this, this is an IPA. What, an IPA? <laughs> okay, well, let's try. Start to drink that and what, 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 what is this? <laughs> it's not a beer. <laughs> like um, they don't have Belgian beer or anything uh, like this around here. Well, no, they are pale ales and IPAs, and that's all they do. Uh, IPAs, I will never drink this again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it started like that. And maybe a few months later, I went back to it. And I was like, oh, this is this IPA thing again. Okay, let's uh, try. And they're like, hmm, well, actually, this is not so bad. And nice. then I fell in love and I couldn't stop. <laughs> yeah. So was it the hop? Was it the hop aggressiveness that just because with your with your palate being used to more? I mean, I most guess. Belgian beers are just so you know sub fifteen eight. You know, I, yeah, they're just they're not 
the hops are just more of a thought in a lot of Belgian beers, I believe. Yeah. So is that is yeah. that just kind of blow off your head because the yeah, hops? Yeah, I guess it was. Uh, I was not ready for that. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and now all those hops. And now we have these people who are questing for the ultimate. I mean, there's there's contest every year in America that people are questing for the ultimately most bitter beer you can possibly sure. make, and and people go and buy it. Um, Hey, oh, I've tried, uh, I've tried one of those that was, uh, I don't know if you know, Mikkel Brewery in, uh, from Denmark. They do what they call this uh, 1000 IBU IPA. <laughs> so you can imagine <laughs> how bitter that is. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, you know, uh, Dorian, I don't know if you did this as a brewer, but, um, you know, I, I really believe in tasting hops. And I used to make a lot of hop teas with new varietals that I wasn't... Uh, and uh, one time, um, actually, it was with our friend Doug Hyman. Uh, we were tasting some hops, and he thought you were supposed to, like, drink it. So we had, like, yeah, because really, you just, it's more about aromatics, and you sip a little bit of it, but it's going to blow your head off. But he kind of chugged what we were drinking, and it took him a good two hours to get uh, his palate around anything. It was, it, was, it was pretty funny. He was coughing. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. Jonas, do you have some questions for our, uh, for Dorian here as far as, uh, you know, anecdotal um, stuff? Let's see. Do you, yeah, I'm curious, Dorian. I mean, um, I think most people know, but it, for our listeners, uh, again, Dorian is, is from France, but he's from, uh, Metz. Dorian is, Dorian, is that in East or Northeast France? Uh, Northeast. Yeah. Okay. Next that's Northeast. Luxembourg, yeah. Okay, and so Belgium. it's oh, and very near uh, uh, Wallonia, or uh, basically the French-speaking portion of Belgium. And yeah. you grew, you grew up very close to the Belgian frontier. Now, mm-hmm. most people right. in the world uh, know that the French uh, are primarily a, a wine culture, and you you grew up a beer guy, or at least as you became an adult, you were a beer guy. What did your friends? What are your friends and think about that back home well i guess the the group of friends um i'm making us with they also like beer <laughs> so basically <laughs> we it started all like this no we were like hanging out in the in this bar in uh, in mess indeed where i'm from uh belgium bar so basically they had uh, <laughs> a few belgium beers on top maybe i don't know eight or ten something like this and a lot of bottles as well so, including the one you are drinking right now, this uh, ah, San yeah. Bernardus uh, Abbey beer. <clears throat> so, I know that one very well. And yes. we were going, it was like our headquarters, basically. So, we were going there <laughs> all the time, all the time. Jealous. And Yeah. <laughs> that uh. was also the only bar, the only bar that was like serving a Belgian beer around. So, <laughs> there were no, not so many options as maybe nowadays a bit more, even in my hometown. Wow. That's, it's more that's now cool. probably, but yeah, I, when I first went to, well, was really aware of beer and went to, um, let me, th- I'm thinking back now. Yeah, I, when I was really, really aware of beer, I'd been a brewer about 10 or 15 years. I went to France in 2005 and uh, even in Paris, I had to ask around for the Belgian yeah. bar. Sure. You know, and, and, you know, they, but now you can pretty much get it anywhere. Like yeah. every, there were, there every were market has bars it. In Paris. I lived in Paris uh, from 2004 to 2009. 
And there were a few Belgium, Belgium beer bars, but not so many, it's true. Now yeah. you, 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 in Paris, you can find much, much more like a crab beer bars and stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, they'll have other beers too, but just it's, uh, it's, it's changed. I mean, but the Belgian beer has evolved with the beer culture and they're starting to make some hoppy beers and really yeah. nifty labels. And they're having to because <laughs> the, the global hyper competition is affecting them as well. They're not only competing okay. with themselves anymore, they're actually competing with imported beer american beer ipas are starting to come to to your to northern europe and people are starting to enjoy them yeah for sure and uh like it or not you know the traditional brewers they have to evolve or you know uh yeah. i just well, find another way and, and jonas to tag off of that a little bit you know with the fresh these fresher uh these fresher styles of of beers that are out there as far as the hop value and and losing the hop value so quickly, a lot of the things that are being produced in America are not going to be able to make it there and still Mm. be, uh, still be sustainable as far as drinkability. So a lot of European brewers, I I know for sure they're jumping on that bandwagon. Um, Pressure is better when it comes to, to, uh, you know, styles of, well, you know, to some pale ales, right? I mean, to me, IPAs, traditional ones, you could you can put those down properly and drink them later because the hot value. But these are such fragile, delicate uh, uh, lupins, so to speak, in in the in the hops themselves that uh, they they degrade over time and um, they oxidate right. very fast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I made, yeah, I made so- one not so long ago. Um, when was that? Maybe in uh, I bottled it maybe in January. I think beginning of January. And the first sips, the first bottles were okay, nothing amazing because they are not that easy to brew, I think. But they were okay, and uh, I cracked the two or three last one that I had like two weeks ago or something, and they were like, "What is this? It was all brown, <laughs> brown and tasted weird." It's like, hmm. "What happened?" Wow. Okay, so the hops just broke yeah. broke down on you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, uh, the oxidation great... is uh, very likely to happen. Yeah. yeah, that's a great segue there, Dorian. Did... Please tell us. I'm always curious about people's home brewing systems. What I mean, if, you know, I, it looks like you're live. This is where you're speaking from. Is either your office or where you live. Um, oh, I would man. imagine you don't have like big garages like we've had the luxury no. of being able to brew in here. Tell us about your systems. Uh, very very simple. <laughs> uh, so I upgraded uh, last uh, last Christmas, and now I'm working with uh, basically a little cooler that is like 12 liters uh, that can contain 12 liters. Um, a kettle that can contain maybe 14 liters and a fermenter, 20 liters uh, fermenter. So basically, this, this is a, a system to work with uh, 12, 10, maybe 10 or 8 even liters, like two gallons. No? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I have. That's all. <laughs> nice. No more. Is it all grain you're making with that system? Sorry? Are you bringing all grain or extra? Or you're doing a combination between all grain and extract? No, all grain. Uh, I started my, my first experience was uh, extract, but then uh, I switched to to all grain. Gotcha. Dorian's all grain all the way. He's doing these micro two two gallon batches, and he's got a nice shop that that fixes him up with some nice recipes. And uh, awesome. he was doing old school, basically using pots and pans and strainers yeah. in the beginning. But as Dorian and I got to know each other over the last year. Um, you know, and he was reading some of my articles about mash tons and false bottoms and sparging. Uh, that's when he, he switched to this cooler. Now, Dorian, this mash cooler, it has a false bottom in it, doesn't it? Uh, 
So he doesn't have so a force bottom. He more like has, okay. what do you what do you call this? Like a bazooka. Uh, oh, like a, but, it, but it has a strainer though. You can you can filter. you can sparge through the cooler, yeah. correct? I just yeah. so actually now I uh, only sparge through the through the cooler because I found out that this cooler was not doing so great at keeping the the the, the temperature high enough. So I'm I'm uh, mashing inside the kettle, like checking uh, the degrees every five minutes, basically. Removing a little bit the grain, checking again, you know, like putting a bit of heat, <laughs> adapting like this, basically. You well, should you know, definitely give your shop. I'm sorry, Sam. Dorian, you should definitely give your shop owner some feedback on the cooler because any cooler that's new yeah. should, especially because you're filling it up to capacity. I mean, it should yeah. keep heat really, really well. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing you can do is I might have mentioned is just duct tape it shut. You know what duct tape is? It's really that really wide gray tape that workers use. You can fix uh -huh. anything. Duct yep. tape. Yeah, 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 just just duct tape it shut, and that'll help. Okay, that could be an idea. If you've got a if you've got an old sleeping bag, uh, you can put a double insulation on the outside. Uh, you can mm -hmm. just wrap. If it's a small cooler, you can just put it in a heavy coat. I've done that uh -huh. in the past. I used to have yeah. a really. I'm kind of a large fella, and uh, my coats can fit two or three people literally. And so I used to be able to put my coat over the cooler on cold days and work fine. And to go back to your point, as far as you tweaking things as you went adjusting things to me that is the best way to learn how to brew yeah. because you're having to think on your feet and brewing as much of a process as it is it's even more about problem solving um yeah. you know turnkey systems are great and i love walking into a brewery that's like okay go to the computer manifold and press the button press the button <laughs> that's fine I, you know production breweries rock um, and even small home brewing systems are like that rock, but you're not going to get the chance unless you think outside the box with that system. Uh, you're not going to get the chance to really uh, have a learning curve there through making mistakes or tweaking or adjusting things. So kudos to you. Now, um, can you tell us about maybe an error you made that you had to kind of save? Like, uh, did you have a, any kind of problem that you were able to fix or, and some brewers don't have those, honestly, but um the let's say that the maybe the most current problem that i have was to like reach my gravity or these kind of things no and very often you know, of course the og is too low okay. <laughs> so okay let's adjust a little bit uh, with a bit of sugar or these kind of things no? yeah but really like fixing fixing uh something um no i if I'm maybe not in that level yet okay. <laughs> or getting to it, but yeah, I'm okay. more like, okay, I did this, I did that, let's check, let's um, evaluate, let's um, think, think it through, what uh, what could have been going wrong, is the beer testing more like this, is it strong, not strong enough, is it too thin, this kind of thing. I was doing a lot of, uh, at, the, at the very beginning, my beers were like uh, very thin, basically, they were missing body, they were missing uh mouse feed, you say mm -hmm. kind yeah, of kind of thin yeah and uh so i was i started to to search a little bit and to read what jonas was saying and these kind of things and i didn't like realize how much maybe the the temperature was important so the temperature of the mash the temperature of the fermentation these kind of things you know so now i try to focus more my my attention on this kind of uh, details awesome. and uh yeah, little by little trying to to improve this way every every brew that's great. So I'm always curious about this kind of home system and what you do to prepare your yeast. 
Do you have access to liquid yeast? You can is pitch, you just have pitchable yeast? Do you make yeast starters? How do you do your yeast? I don't do any yeast starters. I don't really have to an easy access uh, to, to to liquid yeast. Unfortunately, I could, but I would have to order online, and it would take like a while to to get to home. And you never know how to really treat the, the yeast anyway in the transport. And uh, my shop, the sh there is like one main shop in Barcelona, basically, and uh, this shop is uh, also not doing them. They offering to they are offering to 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 do to. To do this service to for you to yeah. pick like a, a liquid uh, yeast but you have to order it one month in advance so basically i, I never I'm, I'm never like a planning very very much uh, the, the brews that i would do it's yeah. more like okay this week or this weekend i want to brew uh, okay uh, ah. belgium uh, triple uh, abbey style beer okay yeah. let's see what i need that, that and i decide all of this basically in uh, in three or four days you know nice. <laughs> so it's too late nice. to, to get well, like a liquid yeast you know, we're bad about telling stories, but I got to tell you a funny story about liquid vial uh, yeast um, and shipping. Uh, I used to be kind of these home brewing uh, uh, companies out there, worst nightmare as far as freshness and ingredients and holding them to standards. And uh, one time, I won't name the uh, operation out of North Carolina, shipped me some yeast and the yeast was basically dead. And fortunately, I had, um, uh, it had stood in a warehouse and so, you know, the temperature just completely, by dead, I mean, there's still some residual bodies in there. They're going to do a little work. But fortunately, I had uh, dry yeast on hand. And so um, I pitched the yeast, you know, no uptake, no uptake, no uptake. The next thing you know, like 12 hours later, because I should have had uptake, I was calling the owner of this home brewing uh, supply company going, okay, you owe me X amount of money for yeast and shipping. And it was this ongoing process with those guys, but... Um, yeah, uh, getting it getting it fresh is really really yeah. tough. Hey, so um, you know, one thing we are doing here is uh, uh, kind of, although we're not following a typical format where we have an article to read or homebrewing question, we are following some structure as far as what we're about um, here at Free Foam. And I was wondering if you've got some uh, uh, interesting reads lately um, as far as you know. Uh, if you, if you subscribe to any, any journals and any kind of homebrewing like Zymergy or anything, do you, do you, do you do any, any, uh, you have any articles that you like to read any information? Uh, articles that I can remember like this on the top of my head, not really, but okay. there is a website that I do like, uh, that is called Brewlosophy. And I like what they do there because they do like a little experiments. So basically yeah. they will try, if we are talking, let's say, but uh, okay, New England IPA, not Jonas Perrett. <laughs> um, we, they will compare, uh, is there like a difference maybe between uh, putting uh, the, uh, filling up the bot your bottle completely fully, like uh, because this is what they say, you're supposed to, to fill up the bottle completely when you bottle your you as the IPA basically to or the, the beer not to oxidate. So they will compare, okay, let's leave like a, a head in the bottle and let's leave no head in the bottle. And then they will serve the glass like uh, three weeks later and they will be like, um, like a pool of 15 people drinking the beer, testing the beer. They take pictures and they make comments basically. And I find, I find this website pretty cool. Well, that's cool. So it's like real-time data and uh, information that's yeah. coming from yeah. Practical application there. Um, uh, <clears throat> Jonas, did you have something you want to talk about article-wise? Or um, well, I just wanted to go back for a second. Yeah. Um, it and it is article-wise. It happens to do with uh, articles that Dorian and I do together. Uh -huh. um, Dorian is my um, editor. He does read everything, and uh, 
while I am the staff writer, he definitely has some really insightful things to say and gets me on the right track. We, we know um, who is the expert. Well, and I oh. was going to, I was going to point out guys that, you know, why Dorian, would you go anyplace else for information when you've got, I mean, this is, <laughs> yeah. I give Jonas a lot of shit, but I love the guy. He's brilliant. He's taught me a lot about brewing over the years as well. And <clears throat> And honestly, why would you even need to get, it's like having Charlie Papazian write for your site or something. I mean, now Jonas, don't get your head too big. You're not Charlie, by the way. Um, but <clears throat> why would you? No, I don't have his money. <laughs> you wish you I did. will. But I do, I do use Jonas services like this. And sometimes I'm like in the middle of, uh, of the brew day. And like, ah, uh, this is not going wrong. Uh, what, what can I do? Oh, okay. Qu a quick message on Skype to Jonas. Hey, Jonas, uh, what do you think of this? Uh, would, would you do this like this? <laughs> this kind That's of thing, awesome. Yeah. Usually uh, I'm at home, but well, yeah. I, it, it is usually on the weekend, but occasionally yeah. I'm at school and I'll be like, okay, kids, go to the board and make some sentences. I'll be right with you. You know, and <laughs> right I run over to my right dad. <laughs> chemical formula um, i'm talking to my boss here okay <laughs> they think i'm talking to my you know my school boss uh, uh he's just joking uh <laughs> but uh well dorian they, or uh both both you guys that you know there are a lot of good dry yeast now and again back when sam and i were brewing you know there were three yeasts yeah. you know they had lager yeast and ale yeast and the other one <laughs> that was it <laughs> but now you can get some really really super high quality and dorian through him and i working together like we did a uh, an article on should we make a yeast starter and uh these days with liquid pitchables you don't have to but he, he hydrates his yeast now and his dry yeast and sort of gets it cranking in a little pyrex cup of sterile water Oh, yeah. beforehand and pitches and one thing i've really enjoyed which by the way i just uh i'm getting ready to work on a new slew of articles but dorian and i this is uh we have published 50 or on the verge of publishing 50 articles together over the last 12 months and so wow that's so, awesome uh, wow. cheers yeah to dorian for that, that. <laughs> but, you know it's uh it, that's that's an amazing amount of information. Um, again, I'm just going to give a uh, uh, an open plug, uh, guys, gals out there listening to the show. Check it out. Amazing information on the web. Sixty or seventy thousand words. It's like a book's worth, you know. So, well, one thing I really wanted to share was that Dorian asked me these questions like, what do I do if my gravity is too high? Tell me 1,200 words. What do I do if it's too low? Can I add water? Uh, let's see. Can I add water after my beer is fermenting? And some of the questions seem sort of off the wall, but then I find myself thinking about it and and then uh, it kind of comes to me. I just reach back into my experience, but I'm really able to ex expand on some real nuance of brewing yeah. because I wasn't really, believe it, as a home brewer, I wasn't nuanced at all. I was basically pass or fail, you know, and luckily I, most of my horrible failures were at home. Yeah. And when I started professional brewing, you know, I only had to dump a few batches you know, out of like 300, I only had to dump maybe six. Now that said, I probably sold six batches that I shouldn't have. <laughs> However, I had a pretty good success rate, yeah. but 
I really enjoy uh, one thing that we offer home brewers is a lot of, I mean, we're semi-technical. I try to put some data in there or just yeah. some, some terminology for the experienced brewers, but we really do just talk about uh, real practical skilled brewing in a nuanced kind of way that anyone could understand, but in a very detailed live. way. That's that like live if, data. That's cool. If, yeah. if you have trouble, you know, I mean, you can just, we, we just teach you how to solve it, you know, awesome. proactively and, po and, and uh, post freak out, you know? <laughs> right. And I mean, right. all those, uh, all those questions are mostly questions that I do have <laughs> because uh, I end up with this problem and like, okay, what to do now? Uh, okay, let's see maybe if some uh, other people can be interested in that question or they have the same problem or, yeah. you know, so I so normally come up how with long, How ideas. long had you been brewing before you met Jonas, Dorian? Uh, I'd say just a few months, huh? not much. Huh? Like I said, I started a bit more than a year ago and uh, started to work with Jonas maybe almost a year ago, I think now. Yeah. You know, I see, a, I see a really cool project here for you guys as far as a writing project, kind of like yeah. a how I learned to brew, kind of a quest book. Yeah. on um you know here's and and just kind of you know incorporating the different points you had to insert this stuff I'm like i'm giving you guys more writing projects but um it, that might be pretty interesting to do a uh, ebook on as far as how to become a brewer i started a book when i made the transition from home brewing into professional brewing many many years ago um and started and failed uh jonas you know is constantly trying to get me to do some writing um, I'm not the best writer in the world. I do a lot of technical writing for my job uh, as a behaviorist, but that's not, uh, you know, that's not something you sit down and read for fun. Um, but uh, the book that I had started was a quest book on the, the, the step up from, uh, you know, five gallons to 600 gallons of mash at a time. And, uh, um, you know, now there's, t there's tons of these types of things out there. But I'm finding that people's personal experience these days is really unique experience uh, is something special. Um, we're getting more uh, common in the world and a lot of stuff's getting to be very much the same. And, and so I think now things are breaking out as far as some individuality that's important. So did you, Dorian, did you have any questions for us? Because, you know, we're just picking the hell out of your brain. So uh. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do, I do, actually. <laughs> Yeah. I, I thought the, this question would come up. So because you were talking about uh, doing 500 gallons and everything. So yeah. yes, I am actually curious about this. What is the, what is the real life of a, of a professional brewer? Is that really different from a home brewer? All that, you know, what's the life of a, of a brewer, basically? <laughs> Well, I have I, a hint on that, but yeah. we can talk about it later. <laughs> I'll, I'll, jump in, I'm going to take that one. Yeah, go I'll for it. I'll just go f for a couple minutes. But uh, the first rule is never drink before lunchtime. But, <laughs> but lunchtime in a brewery always starts at 1030. Um, being a brewer is 90% cleaning. And you have to be really. <clears throat> that was uh, gonna be the what I was gonna say. That's what I, I would guess gotta, because I spend already a lot of time cleaning at home. Yeah, you gotta love you to, got clean. to clean. Got to clean, and love you know the outside just looks really good. And sometimes you scrub the inside of your tanks, but often you use really, really harsh uh, chemicals to do that. But um, it becomes a ritual, and it's part of it. Um, 
the brewery is a very hot place. I mean, there's, at least in my experience, there's no such thing as an air conditioned brewery. So it's easily uh, 40 to, you know, 38 to 45 degrees Celsius in the brewery, at least during the warm, warmer months. So the fermenters there, sorry, I jumped in for a question because the fermenters there. Well, they're a jacketed tank, so they have yeah. coolant running. There's right. a jacket, you know, a layered double-walled tank, so it has coolant running through them. But, yeah, wow. your chillers, a lot of breweries have undersized chillers, so the it's harder to cool the beer. I had an undersized chiller for a lot of years at French Broad. Um, it's a very rewarding, and it's really, really positive. I mean, if you're just a brewer and that's your job, it can be fun and romantic and exciting. Um but if you're a business owner or a business manager, that can really, uh, it can take a toll. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it, it took a toll on you. Yeah. Which one were you? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, Go ahead, I want to speak to that last point for sure, Jonas. But I want to talk about heat to begin with. Uh, I jumped from, um, uh, I jumped right into the brew house at Cardinal Brewing Company here, um, which was a great experience. Um, but, uh, and I was in really good shape at the time, was used to heat, bicycling in the summer and mountain and mountain biking and, and hiking in the summer. But the first day in the brew house, um, this was an old warehouse with very poor ventilation. Um, and the hot water unit itself was in the, in the actual brew house. So it was constantly 20 degrees above the typical outside temperature. The day I brewed, the first day, time I brewed there was mid-July. So it was like Actually, 100, 105 in there or something? It was 105 on the floor and 115 on the brewing stand. Yeah. Uh, and I knew this because we had thermometers everywhere. And so, um, and this was a very manual brewery where you carried sacks of grain up the steps, dumped them in. All manual. You know, all manual with a big paddle and you just hand rode that shit in, um, which was great. You put your hands on it. But that day, now point in fact uh i i threw up about six times from the heat not in the mash um but i did end up throwing up multiple times became very dehydrated uh and uh, barely made it through the day um but you know to speak to this last point jonas said it's great it's, it's, it's great fun. man oh it's good for you. it's like you know it's just like <laughs> um you gotta you gotta you gotta pay you gotta pay to play uh but the um you know the thing about professional brewing is uh, you can get away from your heart very quickly um, in in the in the business end of it. And um, uh, my big takeaway is, you know, if if you're going to become a professional brewer, um, and that's what you want to do, and you're not interested in the business side, then pair yourselves with somebody who can do the business yeah. side of it. Get um, a partner who's at least has some money and really knows business and really knows it at something about marketing and let right. them handle it. That's right. That was my problem is that I was an artisan at green man. It was okay because I was just a brewer. I was a contract brewer, basically sort of semi partner. And, but I didn't have to worry about any business, you know, and I did turn a profit in my third year but my partner, I just chose poorly and my partner. And then, so I opened up French broad, but I didn't really have anybody to help me run the business. Oh, and, all, yeah. and as an artisan, 
I, you know, I just really loved what I do did. And I was one of the first to uh, actually the first to basically the first lager brewer in Asheville. <clears throat> and actually I was the first Belgian brewer in Asheville. And those were like my mainstay beers. And, um, and I was proud of that. And we, you know, and we, we had some good years and some really, really good beers, but the, the pressure of the finances and the, I mean, I worked six days a week for like uh, five years, you know, I, I never yeah. took a Saturday off, you know, well, ever, and, ever. And, you and know, it was just, I saw it just wore me down, man. He, and you remember. It, yeah. It graded you. I mean, it was literally just kind of wore at your soul uh, literally. And, um, and by the end, you know, you had, to be honest, the love of brewing had, had escaped you. Um, a little because, bit, yeah. Well, I mean, th let's face it, you know, now, you know, you were doing so much, everything there, um, but you still kept, you still kept some creativity in it. I remember one time, think, I think that you made 100% wheat, wit. Is that did, yeah. And, we, um, I tell 100%. you, one of the freshest, one of the nicest beers I've ever had in my life was drinking that beer out of the fermenters. Um, and <laughs> we drank a lot of it that day it was absolutely just yeah refreshing. we did um, some I, cool things yeah you did some great and you kept your you kept you kept your you kept your creativity uh but at the end of the day it was just uh it had, it had worn you down um my last experience was in a uh kind of a production plant um i was very far removed from the brew house um and um i lost a lot of my love for the business end of it but what I did gain is a desire to get back into uh, brewing at a uh, nano level, uh, you know, a local kind of very small operation. Uh, Dorian, I don't know if you've heard Jonas and I have a plan one day to have a sour house and to have uh, we're going to okay. we're going to do it right. And um, about seven, know, seven barrels at the most. I mean, it'll be small. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, that'll. 15 at the most but we won't really have to brew that much okay 30 what the hell we're, we're just gonna go <laughs> okay and, and the name, and folks the name of the brewery is oh we don't even have beer yet but um yeah oh, so I that's got it that's named. it's called devotion devotion beer cellar devotion i like that devotion cool. okay very cool but the deal well, is I'm this time here. this time we're gonna pay with cash we're gonna build the whole well, thing with yeah. cash property paid for with a big chunk of money in the bank so that we can just do whatever we want for the first 18 months until you lessons know, learned just, just lessons learned uh and cannot, uh, i guess the beginning the very beginning of a, of a brewery is very hard no to get it is very hard and, and almost impossible unless you come for money not to come right. in with a monkey on your back as far as debt um and uh that debt is a constant pressure upon the creativity and the business side and that could be one of the big erosive factors in your and your spirit it can really take it out of you so um, dorian do you ever yes. aspire to brew professionally <laughs> yeah dorian <laughs> now that i'm so inspired maybe <laughs> no actually funny funny little story again um no later than last week so okay backing up a little bit the story uh i brewed maybe in February, something like this. Uh, a Mexi I don't know if you've heard about Mexican cake, this beer uh, from uh, Westbrook. So this beer is basically um, strong stout, chocolate stout, uh, mixed dessert, with habanero. Yeah. Yeah, with habanero. So it is spicy. 
and I had it for the first time in, in Barcelona in a, in a Krabia bar. And I was like, oh, that is cool. It's nice. Okay. I will try to brew it, you know. <laughs> Next week, here I go. Okay. I, I need this month, this month, this month. Da, da, da. Okay. And I'm doing the beer. And um, so we tried the, I tried the beer a few times already. And a friend came over at home. And I was like, okay, you can try this beer if you want. It is, uh, but be careful. It is uh, spicy and quite spicy. And here it goes. It tries. He's like, oh, that is very interesting. You should sell this beer. <laughs> um, no, that's I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You that's should sell this beer. Yeah, yeah. That's and that and really, that's how a lot of people they get positive feedback, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. because you know, if you've got people who honestly are honest with you in tasting your beer, um, and and kind when things don't go well. But if you've got, it, it, there's nothing better to me than pouring a beer that I've made for some for for people, them tasting it and getting an experience that that this makes them happy. Um, besides the alcohol, let's face it, there's lots of beer you can drink, yeah. and by the fifth or sixth one, you're like, man, you're a professional brewer, and you should do this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And and basically, you poured them vinegar to begin with. Um, but you know, it's, you know, let, let's face it. Don't talk top, about my beer like that. No, nah, I'm not talking about my, my homebrew. Hey, so listen, we could talk hours and hours about uh, all of our collective experiences, and, and I am not by any means trying to discount that. We can, um, we can go a couple more minutes, I, so well, can I, we? I was just kind of wanting to move to the last part of our show because it's always, it's always fun. And, you know, Wait, I got to – but I got to share something with you real quick, okay? <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> if you see this, this Ooh. is a local beer. And it's actually a German-style Kolsch brewed up north by a Scotch factory. They got some Germans in here. And the name of it is Qingjuyuan, uh, Shouying, which means cashier to the front. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious because, Dorian, you might remember the blue grocery store. It was called PX Mart. It's called Chuenlian, and yeah. that's what they say whenever the line gets too long. They say, Ching, uh, Ching, Ching Juyuan, showing cashier to the front. So they got a cashier special label that front. says cashier to the front. I never would have named a Kolsch that in my life, but that is killer. <laughs> I thought that was some kind of scribbling on the label. A, I can't read that scribbling, I'm from scribbling. You got to go to I the can't. teacher Jonas's class. That's right. So, Dorian, <laughs> I got to ask. Do you like J.R.R. Tolkien? Have you seen the Lord of the Rings movies? Have you read any of the books? I have not. I have not. I'm sorry. Ah. I would be out of uh, all this. Uh, <laughs> I'm He's going. English, man. Okay. They don't like okay. English people. Well, I tell you what. Um, <laughs> you know, through. from now on, if you're going to come back on the show, which you're going to be, uh, you're going to come back. We're going to do like a six-month anniversary of this special. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you an uh, You got to at least see The Hobbit, the first Hobbit movie, something. Um, take a look at the cover of the book and look at the art and go, oh, I saw the art, something. And then well, for can, my defense, I think I saw The Hobbit 3. Oh, okay. <laughs> the third <Is> thing? <laughs> Sure. It was a few yeah. years ago. I don't remember anything of it, but I saw it. Uh, I for this. Well, you know, Jonas and I had the opportunity right to see two of the Lord of the Rings movies on opening day. I think it was two. But at least one of them, I think it was Return, uh, The Two Towers, we were in, we met in Virginia from uh, West Virginia, North Return Carolina. Of the King. Uh, it was Return of the King. And uh, we snuck in 
I don't know, four, maybe five, 750 ml bottles of very strong Belgian beer. And we had a Cantillon. <laughs> we drink a Cantillon out of the bottle in this theater. And, you know, we, we were <laughs> chugging Belgian beer from 750s in uh, the theater. <laughs> and I just remember Jonas crying, crying at the beginning of the movie. Um, then it's not a bad thing because I was crying too. Hey, Dorian, it's been no, great it's having you today, man. Uh, it has been Pleasure. absolutely Pleasure fantastic. Thank you so much for hosting us on your website. Uh, listeners no out there, there's some bio information about Jonas and I on that website. I've gotten some feedback from our West Virginia listeners who were like, hey, talk more about yourselves. Um, we kind of talk about ourselves all the time, but if you want some real factual stuff, you can take a look at that. With that, I'm going to say goodbye to you, Dorian. Um, Jonas, I'll let you take us out on this. Oh, one last thing. Uh, what we've been doing with our shows is picking music for uh, kind of an introduction beforehand, before the, the, the cast starts, as well as a kind of a uh, take us out from there. We'd be honored if you'd pick some music and send it to our producer uh, and how you like it used. Um, and then uh, that way we can have your, uh, your individual taste uh, involved in the show. So, hey, peace out, Dorian. Uh, great meeting you. And Jonas? Yeah, you too. Cool. Yeah, it was fantastic to have Dorian. I hope, Dorian, we should make this a – we should do this often. You can come back every six or ten episodes, just anytime you want. Just come back and chat with us. Right but, no um, but, yeah – it was just absolutely good to see you again. And Dorian, ha sure. happy 50th articles. Let's go 50 yeah. more. <laughs> to the 50, to the, to the 100 uh, to come. All right, to 100. <laughs> Peace out, guys. Love everybody. Bye. <laughs>